Chapter Fifty, Part One, of Principles of Geology. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Principles of Geology by Charles Lyell. Formation of Coral Reefs. The powers of the organic creation in modifying the form and structure of the earth's crust are most conspicuously displayed in the labors of the coral animals we may compare the operation of these zoophytes in the ocean to the effects produced on a smaller scale upon the land by the plants which generate peat in the case of the sphagnum the upper part vegetates while the lower part is entering into a mineral mass in which the traces of organization remain when life has entirely ceased in corals in like manner the more durable materials of the generation that has passed away serve as the foundation on which the living animals continue to rear a similar structure the stony part of the lameliform zoophyte may be likened to an internal skeleton for it is always more or less surrounded by a soft animal substance capable of expanding itself yet when alarmed it has the power of contracting and drawing itself almost entirely into the cells and hollows of the hard coral although oftentimes beautifully colored in their own element the soft parts become when taken from the sea nothing more in appearance than a brown slime spread over the stony nucleus the growth of these corals which form reefs of solid stone is entirely confined to the warmer regions of the globe rarely extending beyond the tropics above two or three degrees except under peculiar circumstances as in the bermuda islands in latitude thirty two degrees north where the atlantic is warmed by the gulf stream the pacific ocean throughout the space comprehended between the thirtieth parallels of latitude on each side of the equator is extremely productive of coral as also are the arabian and persian gulfs coral is also abundant in the sea between the coast of malabar and the island of madagascar flinders describes a reef of coral on the east coast of new holland as having a length of nearly one thousand miles and as being in one part unbroken for a distance of three hundred and fifty miles some groups of coral islands in the pacific are from one thousand one hundred to one thousand and two hundred miles in length by three hundred or four hundred in breadth as the dangerous archipelago for example and that called radak by kotzebue but the islands within these spaces are always small points and often very thinly sown of the numerous species of zoophytes which are engaged in the production of coral banks some of the most common belong to the lamarckian genera astrea porites madrepora millepora Caryophilia and meandrina rate of the growth of coral 
very different opinions have been entertained in regard to the rate at which coral reefs increase. In Captain Beechey's late expedition to the Pacific, no positive information could be obtained of any channel having been filled up within a given period, and it seems established that several reefs had remained for more than half a century at about the same depth from the surface. Ehrenberg also questions the fact of channels and harbors having been closed up in the Red Sea by the rapid increase of coral limestone. He supposes the notion to have arisen from the circumstance of havens having been occasionally filled up in some places with coral sand, in others with large quantities of ballast of coral rock thrown down from vessels. The natives of the Bermuda Islands point out certain corals now growing in the sea, which, according to tradition, have been living in the same spots for centuries. It is supposed that some of them may be in age with the most ancient trees of Europe. Ehrenberg also observed single corals of the genera Meandrina and Favia, having a globular form, from six to nine feet in diameter, which must, he says, be of immense antiquity, probably several thousand years old, so that a pharaoh may have looked upon these same individuals in the Red Sea. They certainly imply, as he remarks, that the reef on which they grow has increased at a very slow rate. After collecting more than one hundred species, he found none of them covered with parasitic zoophytes, nor any instance of a living coral growing on another living coral. To this repulsive power, which they exert whilst living, against all others of their own class, we owe the beautiful symmetry of some large meandrinae, and other species which adorn our museums. Yet Balani and Serpulae can attach themselves to living corals, and holes are excavated in them by Saxicavus mollusca. At the island called Tapoto, in the South Pacific, the anchor of a ship, wrecked about fifty years before, was observed in seven fathoms water, still preserving its original form, but entirely encrusted by coral. This fact would seem to imply a slow rate of augmentation, but to form a correct estimate of the average rate must be very difficult, since it must vary not only according to the species of coral, but according to the circumstances under which each species may be placed, such, for example, as the depth from the surface, the quantity of light, the temperature of the water, its freedom from sand and mud, or as the absence or presence of breakers, which is favorable to the growth of some kinds, and is fatal to that of others. It should also be observed that the apparent stationary condition of some coral reefs, which, according to Beechey, have remained for centuries at the same depth under water, may be due to subsidence, the upward growth of the coral having been just sufficient to keep pace with the sinking of the solid foundation on which the zoophytes have built. 
we shall afterwards see how far this hypothesis is borne out by other evidence in the regions of annular reefs or atolls in one of the Maldive islands a coral reef which within a few years existed on an islet bearing coconut trees was found by lieutenant prentice quote, entirely covered with live coral and madrepore the natives stated that the islet had been washed away by a change in the currents and it is clear that a coating of growing coral had been formed in a short time experiments also of dr allen on the east coast of madagascar prove the possibility of coral growing to a thickness of three feet in about half a year so that the rate of increase may under favorable circumstances be very far from slow it must not be supposed that the calcareous masses termed coral reefs are exclusively the work of zoophytes a great variety of shells and among them some of the largest and heaviest of known species contribute to augment the mass in the south pacific great beds of oysters mussels pinnae marinae camae or tridacnae and other shells cover in profusion almost every reef and on the beach of coral islands are seen the shells of echini and broken fragments of crustaceous animals large shoals of fish are also discernible through the clear blue water and their teeth and hard palates cannot fail to be often preserved although their soft cartilaginous bones may decay it was the opinion of the german naturalist forster in seventeen eighty after his voyage round the world with captain cook that coral animals had the power of building up steep and almost perpendicular walls from great depths in the sea a notion afterwards adopted by captain flinders and others but it is now very generally believed that these zoophytes cannot live in water of great depth mr darwin has come to the conclusion that those species which are most effective in the construction of reefs rarely flourish at a greater depth than twenty fathoms or one hundred and twenty feet in some lagoons however where the water is but little agitated there are according to kotzebue beds of living coral in twenty-five fathoms of water or one hundred fifty feet but these may perhaps have begun to live in shallower water and may have been carried downwards by the subsidence of the reef there are also various species of zoophytes and among them some which are provided with calcareous as well as horny stems which live in much deeper water even in some cases to a depth of one hundred and eighty fathoms but these do not appear to give origin to stony reefs there is every variety of form in coral reefs but the most remarkable and numerous in the pacific consist of circular or oval strips of dry land enclosing a shallow lake or lagoon of still water in which zoophytes and mollusca abound these annular reefs just raise themselves above the level of the sea 
and are surrounded by a deep and often unfathomable ocean. In the annexed cut, one of these circular islands is represented, just rising above the waves, covered with the coconut and other trees, and enclosing within a lagoon of tranquil water. This accompanying section will enable the reader to comprehend the usual form of such islands. Of thirty-two of these coral islands visited by Beechey in his voyage to the Pacific, twenty-nine had lagoons in their centers. The largest was thirty miles in diameter, and the smallest less than a mile. All were increasing their dimensions by the active operations of the lithophytes, which appeared to be gradually extending and bringing the immersed parts of their structure to the surface. The scene presented by these annular reefs is equally striking for its singularity and beauty. A strip of land a few hundred yards wide is covered by lofty coconut trees, above which is the blue vault of heaven. This band of verdure is bounded by a beach of glittering white sand, the outer margin of which is encircled with a ring of snow-white breakers, beyond which are the dark heaving waters of the ocean. The inner beach encloses the still clear water of the lagoon, resting in its greater part on white sand, and when illuminated by a vertical sun of the most vivid green. Certain species of zoophytes abound most in the lagoon, others on the exterior margin, where there is a great surf. The ocean, says Mr. Darwin, throwing its breakers on these outer shores, appears an invincible enemy, yet we see it resisted and even conquered by means which at first seem most weak and inefficient. No periods of repose are granted, and the long swell caused by the steady action of the trade wind never ceases. The breakers succeed in violence those of our temperate regions, and it is impossible to behold them without feeling a conviction that rocks of granite or quartz would ultimately yield and be demolished by such irresistible forces. Yet these low, insignificant coral islets stand and are victorious, for here another power, as antagonist to the former, takes part in the contest. The organic forces separate the atoms of carbonate of lime, one by one, from the foaming breakers, and unite them into a symmetrical structure. Myriads of architects are at work night and day, month after month, and we see their soft and gelatinous bodies through the agency of the vital laws conquering the great mechanical power of the waves of an ocean which neither the art of man nor the inanimate works of nature could successfully resist. As the coral animals require to be continually immersed in salt water, they cannot rise themselves by their own efforts above the level of the lowest tides. The manner in which the reefs are converted into islands above the level of the sea, is thus described by Camiso, a naturalist, who accompanied Kotzebue in his voyages. When the reef, says he, 
is of such a height that it remains almost dry at low water the corals leave off building above this line a continuous mass of solid stone is seen composed of the shells of mollusks and ahini with their broken-off prickles and fragments of coral united by calcareous sand produced by the pulverization of shells the heat of the sun often penetrates the mass of stone when it is dry so that it splits in many places and the force of the waves is thereby enabled to separate and lift blocks of coral frequently six feet long and three or four in thickness and throw them upon the reef by which means the ridge becomes at length so high that it is covered only during some seasons of the year by the spring tides after this the calcareous sand lies undisturbed and offers to the seeds of trees and plants cast upon it by the waves a soil upon which they rapidly grow to overshadow its dazzling white surface entire trunks of trees which are carried by the rivers from other countries and islands find here at length a resting place after their long wanderings with these come some small animals such as insects and lizards as the first inhabitants even before the trees form a wood the sea birds nestle here stray land birds take refuge in the bushes and at a much later period when the work has been long since completed man appears and builds his hut on the fruitful soil in the above description the solid stone is stated to consist of shell and coral united by sand but masses of very compact limestone are also found even the uppermost and newest parts of the reef such as could only have been produced by chemical precipitation professor agassiz also informs me that his observations on the florida reefs which confirm darwin's theory of atolls to be mentioned in the sequel have convinced him that large blocks are loosened not by shrinkage in the sun's heat as camisso imagined but by innumerable perforations of lithodomy and other boring testacea the carbonate of lime may have been principally derived from the decomposition of corals and testacea for when the animal matter undergoes putrefaction the calcareous residuum must be set free under circumstances very favorable to precipitation especially when there are other calcareous substances such as shells and corals on which it may be deposited thus organic bodies may be enclosed in a solid cement and become portions of rocky masses the widths of the circular strip of dead coral forming the islands explored by captain beechey exceeded in no instance half a mile from the usual wash of the sea to the edge of the lagoon and in general was only about three or four hundred yards the depth of the lagoons is various in some entered by captain beechey it was from twenty to thirty-eight fathoms the two other peculiarities which are most characteristic of the annual reef or atoll are first that the strip of dead coral is invariably highest on the windward side and secondly 
that there is very generally an opening at some point in the reef, affording a narrow passage, often of considerable depth, from the sea into the lagoon. Maldive and Lakative Isles The chain of reefs and islets called the Maldives, situated in the Indian Ocean, to the southwest of Malabar, forms a chain 470 geographical miles in length, running due north and south, with an average breadth of about 50 miles. It is composed throughout of a series of circular assemblages of islets, all formed of coral, the larger groups being from 40 to 90 miles in their longest diameter. Captain Horsburgh, whose chart of these islands is subjoined, states that outside of each circle of or atoll, as it is termed, there are coral reefs sometimes extending to the distance of two or three miles, beyond which there are no soundings at immense depths. But in the center of each atoll there is a lagoon from fifteen to forty-nine fathoms deep. In the channels between the atolls no soundings can usually be obtained at the depths of one hundred fifty or even two hundred and fifty fathoms. But during Captain Morrisby's survey, soundings were struck at 150 and 200 fathoms. The only instances, as yet known, of the bottom having been reached, either in the Indian or Pacific Oceans, in a space intervening between two separate and well-characterized atolls. The singularity in the form of the atolls of this archipelago consists in their being made up not of one continuous circular reef, but of a ring of small coral islets, sometimes more than a hundred in number, each of which is a miniature atoll in itself. In other words, a ring-shaped strip of coral surrounding a lagoon of salt water. To account for the origin of these, Mr. Darwin supposes the larger annual reef to have been broken up into a number of fragments, each of which acquired its peculiar configurations under the influence of causes similar to those to which the structure of the parent atoll has been due. Many of the minor rings are no less than three and even five miles in diameter, and some are situated in the midst of a principal lagoon, but this happens only in cases where the sea can enter freely through breaches in the outer or marginal reef. The rocks of the Maldives are composed of sandstone, formed of broken shells and corals, such as may be obtained in a loose state from the beach, and which is seen when exposed for a few days to the air to become hardened. The sandstone is sometimes observed to be an aggregate of broken shells, corals, pieces of wood, and shells of the coconut. The Lakative Islands run in the same line with the Maldives, on the north, as do the isles of the Cagos archipelago on the south, so that these may be continuations of the same chain of submerged mountains, crested in a similar manner by coral limestones. Origin of the circular form, not volcanic. The circular and oval shape of so many reefs, 
each having a lagoon in the centre, and being surrounded on all sides by a deep ocean, naturally suggested the idea that they were nothing more than the crests of submarine volcanic craters, overgrown by coral. And this theory I myself advocated in the earlier editions of this work. Although I am now about to show that it must be abandoned, it may still be instructive to point out the grounds on which it was formerly embraced. In the first place, it had been remarked that there were many active volcanoes in the coral regions of the Pacific, and that in some places, as in Gambier's group, rocks composed of porous lava rise up in a lagoon bordered by a circular reef, just as the two cones of eruption, called the Kamenis, have made their appearance in the times of history within the circular gulf of Santorin. It was also observed that, as in South Shetland Barren Island, and others of volcanic origin, there is one narrow breach in the walls of the outer cone by which ships may enter a circular gulf. So, in like manner, there is often a single deep passage leading into the lagoon of a coral island, the lagoon itself seeming to represent the hollow or gulf just as the ring of dry coral recalls to our minds the rim of a volcanic crater. More lately, indeed, Mr. Darwin has shown that the numerous volcanic craters of the Galapagos archipelago in the Pacific have all of them their southern sides the lowest, or in many cases quite broken down, so that if they were submerged and encrusted with coral, they would resemble true atolls in shape. Another argument, which I adduced when formerly defending this doctrine, was derived from Ehrenberg's statement that some banks of coral in the Red Sea were square, while many others were ribbon-like strips, with flat tops and without lagoons. Since, therefore, all the genera and many of the species of zoophytes in the Red Sea agreed with those which elsewhere construct lagoon islands, it followed that the stone-making zoophytes are not guided by their own instinct in the formation of annular reefs, but that this peculiar shape and the position of such reefs in the midst of a deep ocean must depend on the outline of the submarine bottom, which resembles nothing else in nature but the crater of a lofty submerged volcanic cone. The enormous size, it is true, of some atolls made it necessary for me to ascribe to the craters of many submarine volcanoes a magnitude which was startling and which had often been appealed to as a serious objection to the volcanic theory. That so many of them were of the same height, or just level with the water, did not present a difficulty so long as we remained ignorant of the fact that the reef-building species do not grow at greater depths than twenty-five fathoms. End of chapter 50, part 1